All right, welcome to Meet the Musician at the Apple Store Soho in New York. Please welcome this evening's moderator, Bansu Thompson. Thank you all for coming out. Um, today is a very special day for myself. Um, not only have I been chosen to conduct one of the Apple Meet the Musician conversations, but I have the pleasure of conversing with one of my favorite artists. Um, and I, when I say artist, I don't mean that lightly. Um, he's a true artist in the truest sense, the purest sense. You know, um, classically trained vocalist, producer, criminally underrated songwriter. I've seen this man battle a trumpet on stage without a trumpet and won, right? Um, if you're a fan of Miles in his latter years, um, a fan of Curtis Mayfield's falsetto, a fan of Prince Whalen, then you're just like me. You're a fan of this man. Um, it's my pleasure to bring to you a man whose vocals have illuminated the work of great artists like Dr. Dre, Beyonce, and most recently, Kendrick Lamar. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you the incomparable Bilal. Hello. This is great. This is great. I, I wouldn't, I couldn't see you doing this 15 years ago. No way. Um, you didn't do a lot of press in your early years. Uh, were you just too cool or recluse? What? I didn't do press that well, that's what it was. Yeah. I didn't really answer questions that well, so they, they cut me. They cut you out a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess the older I get, I'm getting a little smarter, maybe. A little? <laughs> Not sure. I hope we all are. <laughs> uh, the album. It sounds like you were having a lot of fun on it, I mean. Yeah, you know, we made this album by accident. Because I met Adrian at a, a Roots Jam session. Adrian, like Adrian, maybe a year ago or a little more than a year. And uh, we always said that we were going to do something together because he was working with Ali Shahi Muhammad. <clears throat> who's and, also um, on this album. Yeah, who's also on the album. And Ali, ironically, lived downstairs from me in an uh, apartment building in, in Brooklyn. So me and Adrian were like randomly crossing paths, but not. So then I sat in with his band at South by Southwest, and he, um, it was cool. I liked the band, I liked their vibe and everything. And this whole, my last album, I went out, I was started going out to uh, California to record my vocals, because I, I liked the, uh, the uh, studios out there just for the vocals, the whole experience of the beach, waking up, you know. So while I, I was out there, I decided to just, go again since I was next to South by Southwest I went out to LA and um, Adrian called me and was like hey you know just come past the studio since you're in LA and that day I went out there that day alone just you know seeing his studio we wound up doing a full song actually one of the songs off of the record and I came back the next day the same thing happened recorded um, another song full song and Pretty much every day, we were cranking out like one, two, three songs a day. So we went to Raphael Sadiq's studio because Raphael's a uh, like a godfather to me. I'm he sure. did Soul Sister, and um, he's he's like a, a godfather to Adrian as well. Um, with just different, they both gearheads, you know. Right. So. 
uh, we went to a studio, Big Crit was there. And it was like this whole record just happened. Like, right, wait, right. hey, I was, whoa, I was wondering, right. yeah. Okay. It was very interesting to see Big Crit. I mean, Kendrick made sense, you were on his album, mm -hmm. but Big Crit, I was like, that was... Well, Crit was, was at the studio, and I didn't know that Crit was a, a producer and a musician as well, so we just kind of clicked, you know? We just started talking about music, and was like, man, I, I thought you was just a rapper, bro, <laughs> you know? So everything just kind of happened on this album by the universe organically yeah that's that's great because i was surprised you know usually you're you know all over your album you know from lead vocals of course you know backgrounds keys and it's like adrian played like everything and you know, he's mixing as well he didn't, even, he didn't let me do anything man <laughs> <laughs> but uh no nah, you know this is very humbling this time around my last album i did everything and i felt like i just spread myself too, too thin, you know, I was writing all of I, I had to take it in stages, you know, make the music in my computer, then I had to go through a phase of it being on a the computer, then I introduce it to the musicians, then we go through a whole phase of putting it together, and then after that, like, I have to put on another cap and start thinking about, well, what lyrics, how to, you know, melt. So this time was easy, bro. I just, it was very easy. The only thing I really focused on was melodies and lyrics. And you've been getting smarter as you've gotten older. I've gotten a lot smarter this album. But you know, it, it was very humbling, you know, to uh, just, it's hard to just let go when you're used to like- I'm sure, yeah. Being an octopus. Right, know? right, right, right. Well, speaking about the songwriting part of your album, I mean, um, you have a penchant for uh, composing songs that are very fluid, um, you know, very flexible, so you can kind of recreate them live. Can you educate us, educate us on that process? Well, this, I basically just write the music very open-ended and sketchy, kind of like a, a jazz tune. So it's not really, it's pretty much a blueprint, you know, so. Uh, it'll just be chords, certain chords, and um, the melody. But I'm very flexible with the melody, and I, anyone I play with, you know, it's just an unspoken thing, like, do whatever you want. Really? <laughs> so right. this is definitely just a jazz concept, you right, know, from right. going, going to school. Right, so gotcha, gotcha. Now, you, um, you talked a lot about um, your inspiration of, like, like Frank Zappa. Right, and discovering him in college. Mm -hmm. And I see there's a lot of influence between you guys. Like you, both you guys, you, 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 you create a formula on bending and blending genres to kind of create your own fruit punch. Absolutely. Right? And, and so are you, are you constantly looking to take all your inspirations and make them your own or it just, just happens? Now it just happens. And then I look back like, oh, wow, this kind of has this thing, but you know, before that was the whole game, you know, I, I want to do something that's kind of my own, my own kind of a sound. Everybody that I'm into, they have that, you know, right. a, certain, a certain sound and, and vibe that you relate to them, you know, when you hear it. So uh, for me, that was just a big thing, you know. Right. Can you break down the meaning of In Another Life? Well, In Another Life initially, didn't have a meaning at all. It was just a random title I came up with. Um, 
uh, out of the song Satellites. Just another day in another life. And I was going to name the album Just Another Day, but I was like, what the hell? Just Another Day doesn't sound right. In Another Life, it sounds better. And I was going to name it I'm a Satellite, but I was like, that's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Weird for you, though? Uh, Maybe not. I think the the people would accept that. I think the people would have accepted that. Yeah, yeah. I was... I don't know. But when I started thinking about In Another Life even more, it's pretty much what happened on this album. None of the songs are really per se from my life, you know? So what I kind of did, we would come and I would wind up just reading a paper or we would wind up talking in the studio about current events or something like that and it would just spill over into the music. Like the the thing about the way Adrian uh, produces it is and, and composes it almost feels cinematic the way the music sounds so <clears throat> it kind of opens you up naturally to be able to speak about a lot of different um, things it's, instead of just everything giving you a romantic kind of a vibe you right, know it's, right. you can really t- kind of take a hip-hop MC approach you know with um, with what he was doing, and that's what really uh, drew me to us making songs so fast, you know? Because I could pretty much speak about anything. Anything you wanted, right, within the confines of his loose mm-hmm. structure. So in another life is pretty much me putting myself in a headspace of whoever or whatever we're talking about and trying to uh, speak from you know, that point of view. Right, right. That reminds me, um, you have a, a, a very interesting uh, songwriting style um, and content-wise, right? You, you throw a lot into it, right? There's peaks and valleys to it. It reminds me of one of your uh, original songs, uh, Love Poems, mm-hmm. right? So if anybody's familiar with Love Poems, it's interesting because it starts out as this like love letter to your friend. You have a friend, you know, you, you wanna, want something more with your friend, mm-hmm. it evolves they start receiving and then you, you start pushing back, like, I'm too young for this, Yeah. right? And, um, you know, it's, it's like, do you, do you look to, 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 to create a kind of a, a shock value to your songs or do you just wanna add more reality to your songs because that's really what life is, like the peaks and valleys of, you know, a normal situation? Well, I like question. peaks and valleys, you know, I wanna be entertained. Plus with, with music, I feel like uh, it should spark thought I think all art should really spark thought or some type of conversation or um, some type of idea in your own mind, you know? So with my music, I try to kind of give it maybe some depth, you know, Um, the best that I can because I'm so shallow, but I do my best, you know? Nobody believes you. No one believes you. Nobody believes you. But you know, that's the major thing about it, you know? it's kind of layers like a painting, you know? Right, right. Why do you think uh, people gravitate to Sometimes so much? It's the, every time I come to one of your shows, like, it's like the most requested song. Because it's the ra- most ratchet song. <sighs> Just blatant. Like, people don't know, like, the original words to Sometimes almost made me lose my career. This is really? Just, yes, like... Literally, the, my label made me rewrite the words. Really? Because <laughs> it was just too out, you know? Like, so I think I've um, 
it's just one of those songs, every lyric kind of somebody can relate to it, you right. know? In some, right, right, right. In some shape or fashion. How, um, how different is the Bilal today from uh, Firstborn Second? I can do more, you in know? What, in what sense? In what sense, you know, I, I'm always trying to push myself. When I first started, uh, when I first started this, I didn't really play piano that well. Um, I really didn't, um, I didn't play guitar at all. And um, I wasn't athletic. Now I can do push-ups, I run. Um, you truly I'm get better start, at I'm age. trying to master uh, super yoga. Super yoga? Yeah, like you know, weird hands, handstands and stuff. Really? But um, How super is your yoga? My yoga's not that super Not yet. that super? Um, no cape yet? I'm trying to get, I'm trying to, you know, get more powerful and strengthen it. But, you know, I always feel like when you push yourself, it, I, for me, when I push myself in, in, uh, physically or maybe to learn something different, it stretches my songwriting, you know, and I understand something different about the music. Gotcha, you know? gotcha. How fun was it making uh, the Kendrick album? Very fun. We worked. Everybody has the Kendrick Lamar album here, right? Pimple Butterfly. Yeah. Everybody has it in another life, also. You can lie. Some liars. <laughs> you liars. So I go, no, 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 no. It was very fun. We worked really late though. Kendrick has very odd hours. So what's odd to you? I'm like an old man, man. He likes to start at 12 midnight. Yeah, that's me. So man. it's like what? I'm asleep. You know. So I basically just started sleeping on the floor in the studio, and I'm like, wake me up when it's my. <laughs> Wake me up when you're ready for me to do something. So half of the sessions I forgot because I was asleep most of the time. But you know, I really felt like I was a part of something that was important to the culture, you know. How and did you guys hook up? I actually met Kendrick three or four, three or four years ago um, at Ultrasound on 20 or 30th Street. We were, we were rehearsing in the same rehearsal space. And uh, we met through, uh, my background singer knew him. It was before, you know, Kendrick um, was signed to Aftermath, so. Oh, really, okay. He's had a, a bunch of underground projects and my, like, my um, background singer introduced me to him. He's from Oakland as well. So he was like, yo, you, this cat's gonna be huge. So we just started talking from then and just exchanged numbers, a cool cat, so we. Yeah. I, we had talked about being on the, the first, the fir his first record, uh, Good Kid, but, you know, scheduling and everything right, like that. Right, so, right. so did, did you write the hook to Institutionalized? No, I didn't write anything. Really? Okay. No. It seems like you know, he, he, your way. What wave, would bro. happen, he would be like, oh man, I got this idea, it kind of go like this. And then I'd be like, oh, I kind of get what you're saying. <laughs> I get where you're going, I got the gist. I get where you're going with that, man. Put the mic up. Right, right. So, you know, uh, he pretty much had the concepts very like, 
specifically what he wanted to do. Like everybody that he brought in, he brought for a specific reason, you know. But a lot of the stuff that he did was really in-house with his production and his production team. And, uh, you know, he's a very conceptual cat, you know. So he, he had pretty strong concepts from the door, you know. Yeah, the, the Colbert performance was incredible. Mm -hmm. That was huge. That was huge. So now, um, you know, Kendrick's on your album, right? And Kendrick's is on the first single, which I feel like is a very Unbalal-like thing to do because this is what baffles me about you. You get these calls from these great artists. Some artists are even like, like, like game-changing, like mm -hmm. Jay-Z, right, Beyonce. But you never take advantage of the reciprocity. Why is that? Like a, a Beyonce feature on a Bilal album would be pretty incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, you know, when, I, when I'm making a song, I don't really make it like, um, we're gonna do a song for such and such to be right. on. It just kind of, I just make the song and then it kind of develops. Like every song that I've ever done with someone else, you know, featured on it, it kind of happened like that. Right. It just kind of just so happened. Like on the first album, when it did Reminisce and Common and uh, Most Def was on the record, right. it was like, right. we're all an electric lady most deaths in the room next door, he comes through. Crazy. We're like kicking it in the green room. He's like, what you working on? I play it for him. He's like, so that's my part right there? This is where I come in? And I'm like, yeah, you right, know right. what I'm saying? Sure. Right. Because for me, initially, it's just music. You know, I, I kind of, I kind of just make this stuff, you know? Right, right. Well, you know, I don't want to, you know, take up the audience, all of the audience's time. I'm sure you have a lot of fans out there that have some questions for you as well. Uh, we're going to start the Q&A process. Hello. Um, so I was just wondering, were there any, like, um, big, big takeaways from you um, with this latest project, working with one particular producer um, versus in past project where you, you know, may have worked with different musicians, you know, for many songs within a whole album versus like, wow, you know, this time it's, it's one person, you know, with one particular musical style. Of course, he has different, different things about him, but, you know, working with one person for an entire project, were there any like big takeaways for you? It was great. I was able to really like sit into the music and kind of uh, develop a sound or a real vibe, you know? Um, so it was great, you know, I've been, um, that's always been one of my major things. It's like, oh, you know, I don't want to make an album that sounds like a mixtape. It's like, the sound's changing and changing, you know. This was one of those projects where it's like a, almost just a movement, almost like a, a complete sound. Like if you check out Miles Davis' Kind of Blue or, or a Sade album, you know, it has a, it's a consistent um, Cohesion. mood you yeah, get in. Yeah, it's yeah. a mood, you know? It's a color so, almost. And you, uh, there's this, this album has a lot of uh, retro pieces too. Yeah, they, like, the whole thing was yeah. analog. There's no, yeah. Nothing was recorded digitally. Uh, Adrian is a big, um, uh, a big, he's big analog head, so. Like Pleasure Toy. Pleasure Toy could be in the mid 80s. Mm -hmm. Ple even Pleasure Toy is like old, um, 
analog keyboards. Yeah, yeah. Um, we use all tape, everything is tape. So that's why it kind of has like that dirty kind of a sound. Hi, I actually was very interested in the comment you made of how yoga, you were practicing uh, becoming a super yoga and I wanted to, I would like for you to elaborate more of how you came about it and what exactly you meant by super yoga and how it's influencing your music. Super yoga? Show you. Oh man. I'm gonna show you some super yoga right now. This is the beginning. Now when I get this part, you know, when I get this all the way down, ah, I'm gonna fall right off the stage. Well, when I get this down, I'm gonna push it up into a, a handstand. You know what I mean? I'm trying to master my shit to be able to... Boom. I'm trying to do stuff that's gonna last the rest of my life, bro. I found this out. It's just, um, I'm into Zen philosophy and just a lot of book. I'm a bookhead. And so I kind of came about, came up on this. I, I, I'm also into like a lot of um, kung fu and stuff like that. So, as in practicing or practicing? Yeah, really? I've been into kung fu for years, and um, I just stopped. It started getting too rough. I went through the rough stages too long, and I, I'm getting old, man. The aches, I can't do it. No the more. bruises. Yeah, I used to like help a lot of my friends train for fights and stuff. Right. Like, I'm, I used to be really into it, but like you can't do shows with black eyes, man. <laughs> you, you could nowadays. You know, I've everything's done, visual I've now. I've done shows with black eyes. I went on tour once with like a broken rib. It was terrible. It's was like a, you can't do anything like that. So yoga's way more safe. It's way more safe. <laughs> If you don't fall off the stage while uh, trying to perform. At the Apple Store. <laughs> At the Apple Store. I've been into it for about maybe a year so far. As you can see, I can only do like the first move. But um, see me next album, I'll do something special. <laughs> <laughs> what inspired the album art, um, the cover? Oh, that's a, a painting from a good friend of mine, Anjibur Matwaya. Um, the actual, that's only like a little piece of the, the uh, painting. The actual painting is like the size of this wall. But it's called God's Orchestra. And um, he had, he's just a good, uh, we've been good friends for years. And uh, I would just really, I it was, Spent a lot of time in his art studio watching him make a lot of these paintings, you know. And so, I don't know, the, like the depth in this music, it kind of just reminded me of his painting. So I asked him, could I use it, you know? Pretty much. <laughs> how you doing, Bilal? What's happening? Um, I just wanted to know how do you feel about the current state of R&B and soul music? And um, do you think it'll get like better or improve? I do, I think so, you know. <clears throat> we live in uh, intriguing times now, you know, where there's a lot of things changing. Um, there's, a, uh, uh, there's a lot more things to speak about in, in the world, you know, where I think it's enticing more people to want to say something and uh, stretch stretch the realms, you know. I don't know. I, I um, this really 
worry about trying to do what I do. You know, I'm I'm not a critic. I'm I'm an artist myself. You know, so I'm always just trying to figure out what I'm doing. You know, who are you at home listening to now? Yeah. Dude, I don't even listen to nothing. Right, right. Um, the last thing I, I listened to, I really checked out, was probably. Hmm. Hiatus Coyote. Okay. Um, dope. Dope, dope, dope. But, you know, I'm, I don't really check anything out unless it's just. Someone else in the car is checking it out, right. you know. Then yeah. um, it kind of it kind of happens that way. You seem way more passionate about the Booker T book. Yeah, bro. <laughs> I'm a bookhead. <laughs> uh, yes. Hi. Um, I'm a uh, very big fan uh, of your artistry. Um, I, I just I just had a question about in in another life. Um, so I've followed your, your, your work. I love what you do. One of the things that really struck me upon first listen was it felt kind of, I, I, I felt nodes of psychedelic rock. I also felt there was sort of a bossa nova feel too. And, and I, I, I was just wondering, was that sort of an intentional move or is that just the way it came came together, um, I'm um, really interested to, to, to know, I guess, what your inspiration was for this album. Well, <clears throat> nothing was really uh, intentional. Well, I know we wanted to show a lot of range on this album. Literally, we had, at the end of the day, like 30 songs. Like, there's songs that'll probably never see the light of day. Like, usually I'll do a record and I'll do like, maybe 17 songs and pick from there. But this time we did almost like 35 songs. So it was just <laughs> all types of styles of music meshed into one. Uh, one of the things that me and Adrian have in common is that we both love rock and love psych, psychedelic music, prog rock. You know, I'm a big uh, Yes fan, a big um, King Crimson fan, you know, Pink Floyd. So. Uh, you know, Adrian as well, he owns a, a big record store out, in, uh, out in, in California. So we were hanging out there just as much as the studio, you know, talking about different records, you know. And I guess stuff just seeps in, you know, um, just like writers or, or poets, you know, whatever you're uh, exposed to. It just kind of comes in through osmosis, you know? Yeah. <laughs> 